0: Hi everybody. Today I have with me Vanessa, who is a, a mom, uh, a birth attendant, and various other things. She's going to introduce herself. So, Vanessa, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself for the for the folks out there.
1: Oh, hello. Yeah, I am Vanessa Skinner, and I currently live in Parump, Nevada, so Southern Nevada. And I, in the last decade, lived uh, in. London, Ontario, Canada, where my husband is uh, from. And we were raising our uh, eight children there. And yeah, uh, just about a year and a half ago, we we located to southern Nevada. I am a, yes, I am a spiritual midwife. That's where my journey started in midwifery. And uh, about 20 years ago, and it has just kind of gone Anywhere and everywhere I could to keep my foot in the birth world. Uh, so I, I teach prenatal yoga and I do birth photography. I do prenatal massage. Uh, obviously, I'm a birth attendant. Uh,
0: just, you know, all of it. <laughs> so um, you have a big family. Um, how yes. do you manage uh-huh. to balance uh, both work with family life?
1: Well, when I was in Ontario and the children were all just a little bit smaller, I found it actually a bit easier because I had I was surrounded by so much family. And so I could be in the on-call life and um, and then my children were just excited when I would leave because they just knew like an auntie was coming over to play with them. But it's actually a very real situation for me now as my children are all a little bit older. and And I mean... I have nine children. So I have adult children and I have teenagers and then I've got those middle school, And then I, um, I've got a two year old. So they, so, I mean, it's funny to say they're a lot, but, uh, the point is I'm finding, and I do not have any family here where I currently reside and I'm finding my children are not wanting me to leave (laughs) the house for, um, they they are not handling the on-call life. So I am very much doing a deep dive into uh, where do I go from here? And obviously my family matters and their voice is matter to me. And if my calling needs to be home right now, then yes, this is where I want to be.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. And especially with a kind of work like birth work, um, I do find that there are uh, organic periods in a life where you need to be fallow. You need to lie fallow. Like, um, for me, I've uh, I've been in this world for, like, well, since I can remember, to be honest. Um, I started volunteering in a maternity hospital when I was 13, so that's already, like, 50-something years ago, so... But of course, in my life, there have been times when I've pulled away, when I had small children, when I was running a farm and and stuff like that, or when the work got really challenging and too complex and conflict ridden. So it's good to recognize, you know, when you want to just pull away, be home.
1: Yeah. And it's a very conscious thing for me personally, because my mom was the oldest of seven girls and she... uh, grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan, Canada, and she raised her younger her she had two older brothers as well, but she essentially raised her younger sisters and they love her so much. Um and so when when it was her time to have her so my oldest sister, I there's five siblings and my oldest sister is 10 years older, and my mom treated her the same way. She was just going to, you know, babysit a lot and stay home a lot and raise and that and my older sister resented that so very much uh, to the point where she she um, you know she left home at 14 because, and and had guilt every single day. But she wasn't going to raise us. I'm the youngest of the five. And um, and so I'm very conscious to see that in my children. I, I yeah. didn't have this large family for the older children to take care of the younger children. But more, more than that, I, I asked them. Um, I had a few births coming up, and I, 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 I asked them, is it okay if I – anyway, every single one of my children said no. <laughs> they would rather me not be on call right now. So there you go.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what raising children is, right? I mean, you do have to kind of you, – you bring them into the world. You kind of have to listen to them.
1: Yes. And then I've just done my own, um, kind of my, uh, my own little, uh, work. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe it was just biased, but I, I asked a lot of elder midwives, uh, and granny midwives, just how, how it went for them. How was it for their children with them being gone all the time on call all the time, missing holidays, missing birthdays. And I, but say 90% of them said it was not, it was not good. Um, their children came second. And if they had to do it all over again, they would certainly do things differently. So again, maybe I was just trying to hear that and was a bit biased in what, you know, what, what I was, what I was looking for, but that, but it was real and it struck me hard. I can't redo this. This is the, I, you know, I can't go back in time. And so So where I am, yeah, I still have six children at home, and um, so yes, I really love being here for them.
0: So, what would you say the biggest challenges are that you faced as a birth attendant?
1: Uh, The biggest challenges are, I mean, depending on where you live, and again, my experience is is mostly all um, there in Ontario, Canada, was well um I mean I would tell you the biggest challenge was was the i i I got a few cease and desist letters from the <laughs> Ontario College of midwives, and uh yeah what was the was the regulated legislature of if of it all a little bit scary for you know nothing ever came of anything because I wasn't really doing anything but um but that's just the challenge again is to just what the fine line of what I'm doing is perfectly legal. But if someone decides they don't like what you're doing, they can make your life quite hard. And, and so kind of living under that, that, that fear, and it does not go away. I I certainly still have it here in Southern Nevada of um, just, if someone decides their authority and they don't like what you're doing, then yeah, they're, they're going to, and no, no, it's not fun. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. That is not fun uh, dealing with a lawsuit. So,
0: I think um, I've been looking at this a lot. Uh, we had a huge disruption here in Quebec um, about five years ago when one of the unregistered midwives was arrested and convicted and And basically, she lost she lost everything. She lost um, a lot of money paying lawyers and then paying the fines. And it put a scare into everyone else. And um, and uh, the the atmosphere here is, is pretty awful. But um one of the things that I've been doing is looking into the actual laws in different provinces, states, and countries. And you know it's interesting, some of the laws in some places, are only about what title you use so if you call yourself a midwife you're breaking the law and then there are other laws like for example in quebec you're not allowed to listen to a baby's heartbeat or do a vaginal exam um or well various other things but i think it really bugs the le- the 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 the, the, go- the government if you use a term that you're not supposed to use like I would never call myself a midwife even though I did my training as a certified, I got my, you know, certificate as, as a certified professional midwife, but I would never call myself a midwife because, you know, that's against the law. So, you know, whatever, but it's, it's not great having that feeling of kind of wondering, you know, that shadow kind of hanging over you all the time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's, it, it can come from any angle. It could come from absent parents. It, it could come from ob- ob- obstetricians. It could, and it could come from fellow midwives themselves. Like it kind of can come in. And, and then you read those stories of, of Gloria LeMay and, and, you know, Billy Harrigan, some of those midwives who've, who, yeah, they had to really do some groundwork in the legal, li- excuse me, legalities of, of it all um and it it wasn't good for them <laughs> it didn't it, it was a big fight and they you know uh, as so you go you go and i feel like it has happened to me uh it, you you kind of go in, inside and you just don't really speak to the other birth workers and you just stay in your lane and you do your thing and it should just be the exact opposite again like nobody owns birth everybody should be working you know, towards the same goal for women and for babies. But yeah, so I, yeah, I think I, I for sure am a bit tainted um, from maybe fellow midwives. Uh, but you know what? It, it, I love sisterhood and I love women. <laughs> so it trumps everything. And I, I continue to come back to the work.
0: So if a newly pregnant woman came to you, and uh, like not wanting to, just randomly didn't know that you were a birth worker and and uh, said that she knew absolutely nothing about pregnancy, labor, and birth. Um, what would you tell her? How would you, what would you say to her? Let's say you meet her in the supermarket or whatever.
1: Uh, yeah, I would probably tell her to stay very, very, very far away <laughs> from any regulated or medicalized um, you know uh, obstetrician or or doctor gynecologist yeah that's it, it's like the first you know so I had nine babies again and they were all at home and it just would never it was the farthest thing I, I, I used to say just the opposite I, I don't want to ever go to the hospital because something will definitely go wrong there so I don't know why, but I was just always, I was born with this innate knowledge and feeling of, of midwifery and that babies are not born in hospitals. That's where yucky and the sick go. And it's a wonderful place when you need it, but it's the last place to have a baby. Uh, You know, so I just kind of start there, which is probably very, well, it is, it's just a little bit shocking and, um, (laughs) And then it just kind of goes from there. So, but the fear is real with so many women that, that fear. And I'm not saying I don't have fear. Fear exists for sure. Uh, I'm just saying I, I, um, you know, the worst case, what is the (laughs) worst case? What, you know, they're just doing things so routinely in, in this day and age, the modern way of birth. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's such different patterns than i think where we came from and, and uh I, I, everything that they do in this modern world i would probably just avoid completely I, what is the point of an ultrasound what, like what are we really trying to see here What what is it going to tell us except for moms really like those ultrasounds you know I, I personally just don't, didn't need them. I didn't need to see my baby. I didn't need to see the heart beating. I, so But for many moms, they look forward to that monthly uh, ultrasound, and, uh, and it comes maybe down to education or, or just, again, I always say peace of mind. If that's what you're getting from it, well, that's huge. That's a big deal. Peace of mind is big. So if it's giving you peace of mind to get every single test out there and to never miss a prenatal and to take everything and anything they say and do, well, there you go. At least you have peace of mind. For me, um,
0: yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think the problem with peace of mind is I, 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 I agree with you to a certain point. But the problem is that as soon as you go along that road, so basically you're being kind of rewarded with, a, with an expectation of peace of mind. And if you go to all the ultrasounds, you go to all the appointments, you go to this and that and the other thing, and then you get to maybe 41 weeks, if you're lucky. And then, uh, excuse my French, but the shit hits the fan because, you know, even though your pregnancy is still normal. Like
1: no, no, all it, sorts it's sorts abnormal not a good, things. Yeah, no, that is absolutely not a good, not a good formula. No, no. So the it's, problem it's, is that they
0: that there's a myth of peace of mind. Yes, which should be real. Like it actually should. In my perfect world, there should be a place where women can go to the hospital and have a birth where they're respected and honoured.
1: Oh well, yeah, that's ideal. That 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 is absolutely. I mean, I
0: wouldn't, I wouldn't want everyone to go to the hospital, but I've certainly worked with women who really, really wanted to go to the hospital for various reasons. Like I've worked with, with very difficult trauma and, and rape survivors who just want to go into the hospital and have their baby in a nice clean place. Cause they come from a very, very, very poor country and, and good on them, but they shouldn't then be traumatized in the hospital. So, so that's the tough thing I find when you're speaking to someone and she really gets sucked in by that like dream of uh, myth, really, of peace of mind.
1: Yeah, well, and then that's where I kind of, that's where most of my clients come from is the second birth, that, that second yeah. go around where they're like, I yeah. don't know what the hell that was. I just know I never want to do, you know, they're coming to me with the trauma now. I, I, yeah. I, I taught childbirth education class uh, a few months ago, and it was a three-hour class. And the, my, those mothers, the, they stayed for seven hours after the class because that the, the trauma part. They had to talk about their previous experiences. And, you know, you just sit there and you listen. And you've heard the story so many times at this point. And so nothing shocks you. Doctors are still holding legs together hold or excuse me nurses holding legs together no, yeah. until the OB yeah. can run into the room like just the, the, this horrific disgusting and are still taking place <laughs> still taking place
0: yeah it still is well now here in Montreal I don't know what it's like down there in Nevada or in Ontario but we have um because many of the we're a pretty close knit community of of doulas and both attendants um, here in Montreal and the stories that I'm hearing from the doulas that are attending both in hospital is this almost a hundred percent induction rate right now.
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say that. That's not
0: even work. Like how, how,
1: why? Uh Oh, for every reason, right? Uh, That the main yeah. one is big baby. <laughs> we can't have a big baby. So let's get this baby out by about 38 weeks or we just can't have you pregnant forever. So, you know, 40 weeks sounds good. And and then that moms are so like they're not in they're so desperate at that point in their pregnancy and they're so vulnerable that I just don't blame any of them for saying, Okay, yes, I'm ready to meet my baby. And I always say back, Of course you're ready to meet your baby, but your baby is not ready to meet this world, or else it would have been birthed by now. Your baby is still creating every little inch of it the lungs are still forming everything until your baby's ready um yeah you're not going to go into labor but again uh yeah again it's just kind of they have that first baby and then and then they kind of do a deep deeper dive into the whole physiological part
0: yeah yeah well i think i one of my goals is to actually um help uh facilitate a move to um to no trauma first births, because it's so, it's it's so sad when young women go in, you know, happily into their first birth experience, and then they come out broken. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, and that, that's wonderful, because I know there's so many birth workers who won't even take first-time mothers anymore. They just, wow. they, just they skip that one altogether, because, yeah, that's, that, that's a lot of work right there. You know, it takes longer for those babies to descend and come, you know, for the most part. Right. Um, that's the first time a baby's come through there. And so everything is uh, intense <laughs> for those first babies. Um, but the mental part. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Mentally for these moms, they're just they don't know. And they again, they've never I don't know, even know if they truly trust their bodies. So this, this day and age, they, they they've just lost that somewhere because our doctors are telling us this, you can't birth your own baby. So we're going to do this, 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 this. Um, and they just kind of seem to be okay with that until, yeah. until they're they, again, until they're like, until no. they not, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but yeah. that was horrific. And then again, now, and then it, it just snowballs from there. Now the baby it won't latch and the nursing and everything that comes afterwards um, that they just weren't told because they're a number. It, it It is so sad. And, gosh yeah you just you just it's funny to be in this birth work in this field for so long because you kind of just see yeah things have not changed even in a decade later (laughs) things have not changed so
0: well i see it as a power struggle actually i see it as a power struggle between um the possibility of 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 women's power and children actually being born into a, a gentle and loving and respectful space. Can you imagine how the world dynamic would change? And I think the status quo and the, you know, the dynamic, the way it is really doesn't want that to happen. Oh, So then yeah. we'll have a situation like a political situation, like where the midwife here in Quebec got, um, got uh, convicted it was an actual it was an obstetrician who threatened the college of midwives to 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 take her to court so it's you know it's a power from the from the top down so oh. i think what we what we're doing is power from the bottom up and good on you know good on us
1: yeah and the work needs to start for these women it needs to start so far in advance from conception uh the the inner work that needs to be done to I think, I think it's Yogi Bijan who said, um, you know, what a child learns in the womb can never be learned on earth. And I, I just don't think, you know, we're just not there yet, where we understand everything that's going on in this baby's life before it even takes its first breath. Um, but no, you're right, these, you know, peaceful birth, it, it would change the world, it would, it would just about probably take out it would solve every problem in the world I was okay, gonna good. put it right there yeah. every problem <laughs> probably be solved if if every mother was allowed a peaceful you know birth on their terms
0: so. Peaceful, respectful my my motto is safe and sacred birth so a birth that's safe so mum and babies you know within certain boundaries survive obviously we can never tell you know the ultimate but and 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 sacred that honor like we're producing a human in our bodies, folks. <laughs> this yeah. is a big deal. Like, don't treat us like worse than animals. Um If you look at animal um obstetrics, or I don't know what you call it in in veterinary health, but if you look at the way they, they treat animals that are birthing, it's way more respectful.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we just we
0: kind of just shut the door and walk away, let them <laughs> let them do their thing. Let them do their thing exactly. But, don't bother uh, them. Don't disturb them.
1: Yeah. No, I, I don't. I, I wish. Oh, yeah. My greatest wish is that women understood how powerful they were. Everything they have is is just is within them. Everything their baby needs is just them within them. Like, though, yeah. but again, the, there's so many lies and the fear and. Um, I I don't take my children to pediatricians either I I'm not even one has ever because I don't understand the what is the point what are they going to tell me about my child that I already don't know so I you know we just kind of um, we just lost that I birthed my baby so there's no one who knows this baby better than I do. You know, so the, it, it, for women, like, woe means great beyond words, and man means mind or, uh, you know, being. So you put them together, and woman, it's just, there's no words to describe, like, how great we are and amazing in our capabilities. And I just want all women to see that they are capable of growing their babies in their womb, birthing their babies, and then raising their children. Um, in, in, and that's all they need. It's all within them. But I hear a lot of, well, what if, what if I just, I do all the tests and I take my kid to every appointment because I don't want to be responsible in case there's something missed and it was on me. And so again, there's just always this underlying doubt and fear that, that someone has taken our, their control and their power somewhere along the lines. And they, they're just left with, you know, well, opinion of, of everyone else, but themselves. So yeah,
0: sorry. I probably just got right off. Uh, I I think, I think. No, I mean, this is the topic. This is, you know.
1: Yeah. It's big. It's big. And then, um, you know, it's now I'm in the the States again and I'm not in Canada. And so, so I was going to swing back around to that original question of the, the, the greatest, uh, what was the question? Um,
0: the the biggest your biggest challenge,
1: but yeah, the obstacle is money again. So access to, because now it's all about do you take this, uh, do you take this insurance? Do you accept Blue Cross? Do you accept Medicaid? Do you can you do this? Do, you do this, and um, you know that one is so strange to me as well. That's the first question that usually comes out of every mother's mouth when they're you know seeking a midwife out here in the United States. I had five babies in the United States, and then I had my last four in Canada. Um, and, and, and let me paint my picture for you. I was 20 years old, and, uh 21, I guess, when I had my first baby, but 20 years old when I was pregnant, and I lived in a tent, and I had no plump. This is how poor we were, uh, my husband at, at the time, and I. We lived in a tent, and we had no... Um, electricity, obviously, and no plumbing. And I would like poop in a bucket. <laughs> and I, I I would I'd have to go find a shower at one of the local hotels once a week. Like this is just how poor we were. There was no one more poor, and yet I would have never gone. At you know, I still just I found the midwife that I wanted, and it would have never crossed my mind to like not um. What am I trying to say? To to try to lower her prices or say she was too high, it just made it work. I just I just made it work. A twenty dollar here, a hundred dollar here, anything I could because I respected this midwife, and I didn't even know that was a thing. But that's um, and I I just sound like I'm complaining, but that's such a big topic here. Well, we can't afford the midwifery, we can't afford it. So what I'm finding is so many midwives do this for next to nothing here in, in this part yeah. of the world where I live in next to nothing. Yeah. They're, they're just, um, and then I, cause I'm asking and I, I said, well, who, who, who did you use as your midwife? And she says, well, I use this person because they did it for free for me. <laughs> and I just keep hearing that over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, so I'm just kind of right there. Uh, I think I probably, of uh, just, you want to be there for women and yet, uh yeah this pr- the money thing it it is it's it just kind of gets in the way a little bit doesn't
0: it it certainly does it, it's uh, i i discovered years ago like over 20 years ago that basically doula accompaniment and midwifery care in this part of the world anyway is a luxury oh, um
1: yeah
0: yeah so and i i started a, a volunteer doula organization um 20 years ago and we served really, really marginalized people. And, and some of them, you know, they'd already had two, two babies and they knew they, give, they gave birth in four or five hours and they didn't want to go to the hospital and spend like the minimum you get away with in the hospital is around four, four or five thousand dollars. So, you know, they would have their babies at home and and not have to pay any money. And, you know, why not? But it's still the fact is that women that sometimes need a doula more than anyone else cannot afford it or a midwife. They need to be at home because they need to give birth in that comfort and not go into a hospital where there's things that maybe frighten them. Um, And yeah, I mean, in Canada, it's not so much that you don't have the private insurance, but if you don't have the public insurance, then you can't get a midwife in Quebec.
1: Yeah, yeah, this it's a socialist situation there. Um, so, well, which I just will never, you know, uh. So what you what you find yourself what I found myself dealing with in Canada was, in here at least you get to, um, so the difference if there was a, as to say, um, here you get to choose your midwife, you get to interview your midwife, interview many midwives. And then you find the one that matches, you know, you, uh, the best. But in Canada, you're just presented a midwife. This is the midwife you're assigned. And they have a box that they work within the regulation. And if you don't fit that box, well, then you're transferred into over to... Uh, the opposite, you know, to an obese care. And that box is so tiny <laughs> in Canada, uh, like your weight comes into factor and your age comes into factor. And if your blood pressure is up by one point, they do not, you're out of there, right? Uh, certainly you're not going to 42 weeks there um, in, in where I was, again, in Ontario. Uh, so the box just got very small. Um, so here, yeah. Uh, at least they do have that option, but again, then it's also making it sustainable for these midwives. And so many of them just work for, uh, yeah, just from the goodness of their heart. And I, I don't know how sustainable that is, like for health reasons and emotional. But but it 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 it's just been the same problem for decades. <laughs>
0: So, well I think um I think that's different in some uh states as well. Like some states are more restrictive than others, but it's certainly a a theme everywhere that the the registered midwives are pretty much under the thumb of um of of government regulations, which is sad.
1: Oh yes, which you're kind of leads me. Yeah, you're 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 one hundred percent correct. Nevada, I believe, is the last standing state of free um where midwives are, are free, like anyone can come here, which is, I find quite interesting and um, call themselves the midwives. So, but, but again, they're every two years, they're in a big fight. The midwives are now coming up on their two year where the legislation is, is, after them again to, to, to take that away. And so the midwives have all come together and they're fighting and fighting and getting their petitions out. And so it won't be long before this, this will not be a free state um, Right. for now. Yes, it is.
0: So that leads me to my next question, which is a basically not a, not really a question, but more like, what do you think about this? Uh, and and what I've been thinking about is public shaming. Um, I've been watching um, on the social media. I've been watching um, both professionals and mothers and breastfeeding professionals and, and all these people really just being brutal to each other. Um, because of this polarization between, for example, you know, a home birth mum or a free birth mum and a registered midwife or a OBGYN and a and a and a nurse and 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 so the question is, should we be drawing lines in the sand? Like, is it true? Yeah. Well, that I should not have a dialogue with an OBGYN or like do we have to start drawing lines and say no i'm not going to converse with you any longer or is this just brutal and destructive
1: well right it's such, it's it's such an individual circumstance for every situation and it, it usually it does you know no ob wants to align themselves with an incompetent midwife if if that's how they're you know if that's what they're feeling and and vice versa so I don't think it's ever, we're not all going to sing kumbaya with each other. I don't think that world exists Um, so that we have to learn to work in the world that we are presented with. And that polarization is huge. I don't know. It must be social media that did that. I do not remember that 20 years ago. Just if you hope, if you just had your baby at home, you, you just had your baby at home. I don't know why home birth became so huge of, of a big deal, like I, I, I don't know. And so again, I, I stand with women and their autonomy. If they want to give birth out in the desert and squatting on a cactus, they should,
0: they should be able to do that. And no, then they, no, I, Vanessa. Actually, I'm sorry. If I'm present, I'm not going to let her squat on a cactus. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, squat in were- the desert. But it was, of point, let's avoid, um, let's just, yeah, I <laughs> just, whatever. I uh, just had this vision of a woman.
1: Oh, yeah, no, the, what is, it? oh, the free <laughs> birth, the free birth movement or the unassisted birth movement is is so huge as well. And it's, and it's very not like, big, yeah. it, it's not like they weren't there 20 years ago. Uh, they were, I yeah. remember mom saying, I just birthed in my bathtub and we all just exactly. went on having our lunch together but yeah. it's it's just it i, I don't know. i can't explain it how how big women have made it's not a big deal let's just to have your it's just not i don't know why they've overcomplicated this so much you're pregnant you have your baby you love your baby simple 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 but now that's the the postpartum depression has been brought to light and psychosis has been brought and as and it has always been there i'm not saying it hasn't but um geez, it just seems like there's a lot more to being a midwife than there used to be. So, or a birth attendant, right? But the titles, all the titles, uh, I think I settled on spiritual midwife um, because I started uh, as a spiritual midwife 20 years ago. I, that has been my brand, Spiritual Midwifery. And it, it just has never changed for me. This is the most spiritual act you can ever do in your life. There is... Nothing bigger, in my opinion. So it's a, it's a it's a, big deal that way. Big deal, but no, it's talking about that one, <laughs> the spiritual part of it. It's just everything else.
0: So, well, I wouldn't call myself a spiritual midwife because I avoid using the word midwife or sage sajfan because I don't want to get arrested for some silly nonsense. But uh, at the same time, I really don't know what to call myself, to be honest. Well no
1: in Canada it was known as the spiritual birth keeper um, and then when i moved
0: spiritual here spiritual birth keeper that's pretty nice
1: yeah well it's just it was it's it was there for oh gosh um, i think 2012 is when i like actually got a website and said that and then all of a sudden birth keeper became quite popular uh, which is so it's just, it's just fine It's lovely uh, i you know there, anyone can call themselves whatever they'd like uh, we all have hopefully the same goal of, of, uh, of just loving women. Oh my goodness. It's, it's not that hard. In fact, Rivka, what I have done here is because I, I lived here for a year. Uh, well, I'll fast forward. I, I recently started a mother circle in this little community that I live in about three months ago. Um, and it was really, the goal was just to s- well, read the room. What's going on here? What is the birth world like here? And how are they even going to know who I am? And, and again, this town is about 40,000 people. So not very big. I don't even, the pedi- maybe there's one pediatrician. Um, and it has been just lovely to just meet these women. And they're just incredible. Uh, they don't know, you know, and Mother Circle, the idea of it is very new here. And it has been, such a wonderful experience to just to just love on women and see them and have the conversations and I I don't know where this will go where the mother circle will grow um, or just but so far we have classes and we have stroller clubs and we have get-togethers and we are cooking together and laughing and
0: oh that's so
1: great that's so great it sucks all my time up and so I'm kind of feeling like yeah. I'm, I'm missing a little bit of um, uh, yeah, it's just where I am right now, and it's actually where yeah. my, my my capacity is as well. As I homeschool my children, yeah. so I do that, and then on the side, I can just love all these women, and then build build a whole new birth culture here. And th- and that's really where it starts. You can just start in your community, and then build from there, and then you just
0: take over the world, <laughs> Lo- <laughs> <Yeah>. loving women. <laughs> so. So, how did your both experiences affect the way that you practice as a both attendant?
1: Well, you know, I had to recently. I had I was getting a lot of oh, let's see. So, uh, um, like I was having a hard time letting women have their experience, and what I mean by that is. I was just feeling what they were feeling. Like I didn't want them to be in pain. I didn't want them to have to go through this initiation. It was very strange. And then I had to catch myself and say, what what in the world who am I to come in here with my with my fears or whatever it was to take this experience away from this woman? It is their road and their initiation and they get to have that honor to to walk it. So I did, I had to step back and be, um, it, yeah. And just, and just allow women to feel and go and birth their babies where I was, I was finding myself in a little bit of a trap where I was, I was my, my, I was bringing my fear into, you, you know, you don't know what's coming. And I just really, I don't know what you're, how you're going to handle it. And yet that's so ridiculous because if anyone tried to take that from me, I I would have had resentment for life, you know, to take my birth experience, <laughs> my birth experience. I get a birth where I'm going to birth. I'm going to lotus birth if yeah. I want a lotus birth. I'm going to water birth if I'm going to. Wa- and 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 so for anyone to take that from me, and yet I found that I was trying to take that from others because I don't know. It got, it just got uh, a little bit. It was just interesting to see that. So they, um you know they they have the right to have their birth experience and that comes with uh, sometimes that comes with a lot of you know 24 48 hour labors <laughs> but but they're not asking you to relieve them from that they're they're walking that it's me who was saying trying to find relief for them like what you know maybe we just need to go to the hospital but i really had no right to say that or offer that that wasn't even my place
0: yeah yeah It's a fine line. It's a fine line. And, you know, my, my motto that I taught my doulas when I was, when I was teaching doulas back in 2003, my motto was leave your ego at the door. And it's still my motto. And like, it's a motto for life, really, isn't it?
1: Ah, yes. Yes. Oh yes, there. I I just think everyone should do doula training, whether you ever intend to be a doula or not. <laughs> just everyone go do doula training, because <laughs> you will. It, it it's life changing, and you open your your own wounds up, your mother wounds so so large. But that's where it starts. You have to heal those mother wounds in order for, or you know you're just no good to anyone else, right? It's it's always within us exactly it needs to start the work.
0: So, do you see big differences in the ways uh, that women approach both in where you are in Nevada as opposed to where you were in Ontario?
1: Uh, I yes, and I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. But what I what what I, what I had in Ontario what we have in Ontario is the ones who leave the system deliberately to go find the um, out of the system birth attendant, and so they're quite they they already know so much because. Because they are they are deliberately seeking to leave the system, and so there's a black it's kind of black and white. There is what I found. So what by the time they find me or they came to me, they were quite knowledgeable and knew what they wanted, and it was just a lovely, joyful companionship from there. Where here, uh, you know, there's the CNMs and there's CPMs, and then there's just plain midwives, and it, it's a whole spectrum, and a mother doesn't exactly know what she um you know what the alternatives were or are or uh they're paying for or they're seeking a home birth but they uh but they don't actually know the differences between what what midwives off what you know the title of these midwives so um yeah oh and i also they also really think we carry a lot of medication like we're gonna just be able to give them um, an epidural <laughs> when, when it comes to to I, I know right it's, so yeah, <laughs> yeah where uh, again, I get I I think I really emphasize that spiritual midwife midwife I'm a spiritual midwife so we we'll get some herbs if we need to I, I can deal with a hemorrhage and I could deal with a shoulder dystocia I could deal with a lot of things but um, you know get giving you an epidural is not.
0: It, um, <laughs> not in the thing exactly. I remember a lovely birth I went to. Actually, I was in a doula capacity, and uh, and it was a woman's uh, first baby, and so she was kind of like not really understanding what to expect, and, and whatever. She was all good, and uh, it was it was really wintry outside, and um, but she was kind of done. She was like, "No, nah, no, I'm not, not going to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm going to go home." And so she got up, like, just got off the, the, she was hands and knees, happily laboring next to her husband who was fast asleep. And and she got up and she's like, okay, I'm out of here. And she didn't have any clothes on. She was hugely pregnant and in good active labor. And, And I said, no, no, it's really cold out. Why don't you stay inside for another little bit and have your baby and she's like okay and she went to my bag and she's like but I'm gonna take an epidural where's your epidural <laughs> <laughs> she was just so just out there and then obviously of course because she was in that that completely out out there state yeah after I explained that I that you know I don't do epidurals and you know and she just uh, <laughs> kind of sat down and had her baby but she was she was very dramatic in her labor. It was fun.
1: Yeah, that's a fun. Yeah, she's in the birth brain, and so yeah, just kind of in the in between of <laughs> what's real here. <laughs> so. But I
0: am seeing a lot of uh, a lot of um, women in Ontario are choosing to get birth outside of the system, and there's a lot of traditional birth attendants in Ontario too.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I hate that word, medwives, but I had to surrender to it. They are. <laughs> those regulated It's so medwives. sad, though, that-
0: Vanessa. It really is sad because I met those women as they first started doing doula training, and they do not have it in their hearts to become medwives when they first start out. Again, it's because of fear. You know, they go in, they get promised a fancy schmancy job, they start having their own lives and babies. They attend like a very few number of natural births before they actually start practicing, and then suddenly they're thrown into practice with all the government bullshit over their heads. With the, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, and they're terrified.
1: Oh yeah. Oh oh my goodness. When I when I first got to Ontario, my sister um, was there already and had several babies and. I remember asking, like, a midwife can do that here, and a midwife can do that. And she says to me, oh, these are not the midwives you are used to, because I had only birthed with, like, lay midwives, and that is the title that they had, is here, because um, I had had five babies in the States. So I birthed with literal lay midwives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now that, that kind of has a bad rap when midwives call themselves lay midwives. I don't
0: know why. Um, oh, someone... It's so silly. Who, who even knows what we can call ourselves oh, anymore? Oh, yeah. I, 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 personally, I, I, but I, I heard love... a good one the other day. Someone yeah. calls is calling herself a midwitch.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the big one right now. That's fun, huh? <laughs>
0: that's nice. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I did, too.
1: I I did, too. It's not for me. I probably will never use that title, but um, I'm like, oh, that makes complete sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, Yeah. So the ones in, they, they just, they blew my mind of, I remember them. So, so to give you an example, I was having my sixth baby and I was having a water birth in Ontario and I had just, I just moved there um, a few months prior and I was having a water birth and they said to me, you can labor in that water, but you cannot, you can't push your baby out in that water. And I look at them, I'm like, what? And so, so what did I do? Oh, I just pushed my baby out right in that water. Exactly, um, and yeah. that was that midwife's very first water birth, and it made sense oh, because women aren't. Well now and so now they've come around again that was 10 years ago and now mothers can have water births but that would have been that I said this is your first water birth and then what they didn't like was I wasn't allowed to push the placenta out in the water so I did get out and I played their game and that was horrific let me tell you that was that was just so when it came down to my seventh baby I pushed my baby out in the water. I pushed my placenta out in the water. <laughs> like um yeah, they were just were like, "Okay, she's doing her. She's definitely." I didn't even tell them I was pushing. Like uh, so and and why did I even use a midwife? Um you know, because it's just easier to get the birth certificate that
0: Exactly. So many people do work. that.
1: I, all the yeah. mothers that are that are going unassisted are having such a hell of a time getting that birth certificate. It's such a production for them. And uh and I'm just, I'm just lazy, and I'm like, okay, you can come for my birth and sign off on the birth certificate.
0: <laughs> there I need you for well, nothing I, more. I just, I want to tell you out there, though, listeners, please check about the birth certificate because in some places it's complicated, and in other places it's super easy when you give birth unassisted to get your birth certificate certificate. So I think in, in some places that might be one of those fear mongering kind of rumors. I know it's difficult in some places, but for example, here there's just one extra little bureaucratic hoop you have to jump through. So it's no biggie. I I think you are
1: right. I think it's just, you know what you know, right? And um, I don't think they even know. So for some, I've seen it just be quite a situation and they, and the parents have said, if we knew now We could do that. We would do this again differently if we just knew. Yeah, if we knew better. So,
0: yeah, um, I I would say that's one thing to be informed about when you're when you're planning an unassisted birth, just to, you know, figure out the bureaucracy. If you even want both certificates, I've I've got a whole bunch of people here that don't even bother with both certificates and that's fine, too.
1: Yeah, that that's a that's a big movement too. No social no social security yeah what's it called no sin cards and no social security none
0: of the stuff yeah
1: yeah Yeah, good for them i love that
0: so i've got one final question for you i ask everyone if you were just going to give our readers one word for them to take through the rest of their day and weeks what would it be
1: one word i get one word
0: <laughs> you get one word my friend all right it's to spread around
1: yeah it's it's probably quite easy for me it's spirituality spirituality <laughs> that's it <laughs> spirituality
0: thank you so much
1: you're so welcome thank you